Welcome to Spirit School. I'm your mentor, Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. In this podcast, I share honestly all I have learned about the mediumship and spiritual development journey. My intention is to normalize these conversations, to make way for a more confident, clear, and connected wave of lightworkers, serving the world of spirit with an open and joyful soul. Welcome again to Spirit School. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Spirit School. I'm super excited to be with you here today to talk a little bit more about stage fright and this fear so many of us have in sharing our voices, sharing our wisdom, sharing what we're experiencing, sharing what we have learned. And this is very, very common in our world of spiritual practices, right? So I want to kind of talk about what I have done to thrive, if you will, to continue to put myself out there in a very public space, despite having bona fide, legit stage fright. And I get the feeling... Actually, I know that people think this because I work with hundreds of people every single month, whether it's in my community, my programs, my one-on-one work. I get this sense based off of conversations that I have when I talk about my stage fright, people think that I'm being cute or that I'm being a little bit modest where, well, you have a podcast and you're on Instagram live every day and you put your voice and your face out there consistently on YouTube and Therefore, what do you mean you have stage fright? And what do you mean you get nervous talking in front of larger groups of people? And let's be clear, I get nervous even talking in front of small groups of people. I have had stage fright in as little as eight people in a room. And I've had it with thousands of eyes on me as well. I've also had situations where I've spoken for half an hour in front of 500 Indigenous leaders and didn't encounter stage fright. And then what I saw two weeks ago was I asked John Edwards a question and I completely blacked out. (laughs) I'll share that story as we move along this podcast episode. So just going to start from the beginning because this is something I've been working on healing within myself for a very long time, at least 10 years, at least 10 years when I have been put into positions where I have been asked to speak in front of groups about my work right? A lot of this comes from my corporate experience, but I'm going to go back even further. So as I started my healing journey, when it comes to my stage fright, the first time I experienced stage fright, I was six. And I shared this story in greater detail in past episodes, but more or less a short version is our daycare was putting on a play. We had to go into groups and the parents were coming to watch all the little skits that we were putting on. And I remember two of my friends and me put on this skit about puppies. And I can remember every moment of this experience, by the way, I think all those kind of experiences that really form our lives and how we move through the life and how we feel through life really stick with us. And this is one of those experiences. And just as we were about to go on stage, I chickened out and said, nope, I can't do it. And I ended up going and sitting on my mom's lap. And I remember that was the first time I ever felt disappointment. I do feel at some level I may have been experiencing my mother's disappointment because, of course, I mean, she the only reason why she's there (laughs) is to see me on stage and I chose to sit on her lap. And then, of course, disappointing my friends and letting them down. I mean, kudos to them. I mean, we're six, right? But kudos to them for 
going up anyways and having to rejig things on the spot because their third man bailed on them. So after that, when I fast forward through my life and through high school and through my early 20s, I really chose to blend into the background of life. I had zero intentions of being a leader of any kind. I had zero intentions of being known for anything. I spent my entire life trying not to be seen, like desperately trying not to be seen. And even when I entered into careers after high school, when I was 17, I always chose careers where I was a supporting role and where I would just support other people. And I didn't want any recognition. I didn't want anyone to know my name. And I was happy just supporting like the boss or one person. I thought I was going to be like a personal assistant or something because I just wanted to blend into the background. And then came this amazing career opportunity to leave the motorsports world and head into Indigenous Health and Healing. And I ended up in this organization where I was the 30th hire. When I left, there was like 1,400 people. Just to give you an example of where I started and where it ended up being. And this position at this company, it was like really easy to stand out. And I think it's because I went so early into the company, it was just really easy to stand out. So people saw something in me there that I did not see in myself and they saw me as a natural leader, but I refused to apply for any leadership positions. I was happy being an executive assistant. That was one of my favorite roles I had there, supporting one of the mentors, one of the most amazing mentors I've ever had in my life. And I think about her every single day. I really credit who I am today because of the leadership that she showed me and the opportunities that she gave me. But what they did was they gave me so many different projects that had me at the front and center, all the attention, all the kudos, very high exposure projects that like were on the news, that were, you know, internationally recognized. Politicians knew about some of the programs that I was able to launch. And it really put me in a position of having to be front and center in a lot of different ways. And through this experience, I had to learn to accept praise. I had to learn to receive amounts of money that I felt almost uncomfortable receiving. I remember when my paycheck was at a certain level that I never thought I would potentially ever be able to earn. I remember saying to one of my friends, I have no business making this kind of money. And I'm talking back then it was like $50,000 a year. Never in a million years did I think I would be able to hit that type of earning potential. And it was in this company that absolutely loved me. And so all these different opportunities came up. They sent me to Winnipeg to speak to over 400 Indigenous leaders about my quitting smoking journey. And I didn't black out. I didn't have any scary experience. And then at a work retreat with only 40 people in the room, the director of communication said, Danielle, can you please stand up and just share about your quitting smoking journey? Because as an Indigenous company, we were trying to decolonize the use of traditional tobacco, because we use traditional tobacco in very ceremonial and sacred ways. And when we look at inhaling nicotine from tobacco, that is a very colonized way of, you know, partaking with tobacco, the sacred medicine. And so our goal as a company was to bring back the sacredness and traditions of tobacco. So we called it as a mission, Respecting Tobacco. And I quit smoking after 17 years and I used to work in the motorsports industry and I worked for teams that were sponsored by cigarettes. So, I mean, I got free cigarettes for a very long time. I was a very devout smoker. 
I was also a half marathon runner back then. I was very, very athletic boxing. I would run for hours at a time. And then I actually quit smoking and I put on 60 pounds in less than six months and I broke my foot and I've never ran again. (laughs) And I never lost the weight. The weight has been on since I quit smoking. And that's just what happens when you quit smoking. And it's been a long time. I quit smoking um, when I was 27, so about 12 years ago. And I quit once and I never looked back. So they really used me as an example as an Indigenous woman who successfully decolonized from the use of tobacco and started using it for sacred purposes. I always have traditional tobacco on me. It's a way that I give back. Even when my husband like mows the lawn, I'll go out there with a bit of tobacco and like sprinkle some on as like an offering back to Mother Earth. And so what they asked me to do at this work retreat was to share my experience of quitting smoking. I was like, sure, of course. And I stood up and I completely blacked out. And when I say blacked out, it's not like I fall over and like lose balance. It's like I go blank. I lose time. I don't know where I am. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm doing or why I'm standing there. It's like one of those moments where you know those dreams or those nightmares where you're like standing there naked. It's exactly that, except I have clothes on and all these eyes are on me. And I remember at this one experience where one of my colleagues who was at the same table as me was like, Danielle, are you okay? And I had to look at her. I'm like, what? what am I talking about? And she was like, oh, quitting smoking. And I was like, oh, okay. And I don't remember anything that I said. I will say they never asked me to speak again (laughs) Um, about that. So obviously, I don't think I did very well. That was one of the first times, and I think I was 28 at the time. That was one of the first times since I was six years old that I was asked to stand in front of a group and perform in a way, right? Speak in front of a group. And it was horrifying. And it was pretty much validating to me why I choose to stay in the background. So I crept back into the background, but all these different opportunities kept coming up that kept putting me to the front. And over the course of eight years within that company, I did end up finding my footing and I did end up being able to stand in front of a room of like 20 colleagues and give direction or report on my work. I was able to do that. I used to do orientation for all the new hires, including C-level hires on Indigenous governance and the health system. Um, So I did end up finding my way, but there were certain situations that happened through my career there that I completely had stage fright and it came out of nowhere. And I remember the CEO one time asking me to come to the board meeting with all the executives in the company. He's like, just sit on the side. I'm going to talk about your project. And if they have any questions, I can't answer. I'm going to call on you. (laughs) Okay. So imagine this. So I'm sitting on the side of the room and this is what happens when I get stage fright. I feel like I am on fire from the inside of my body out. Like I break into legit hives all over my face, all over my chest, all over my hands. I feel like throwing up. I am paralyzed. It's like every bone. If you've ever run into wildlife, like I ran into a bear once. I didn't actually touch it, but I came within a couple feet of it. And every bone in my body ached. It was such a stressor on my nervous system. And when I get stage fright, that's what happens as well. And I was sitting on the side of this boardroom just thinking like, oh my God, they're going to get me to talk in front of all these people and I'm not worthy of being here and I have nothing valuable to give these people. Look at these people. What do I have to share that they don't have? And I was tortured on the side and they never ended up asking me a question. And my CEO came up to me after. He's like, D, are you okay? He's like, what is happening? 
covered in hives and i mean welts guys like it looks like i rubbed like i don't know if anyone's ever hugged <laughs> fiberglass but it's like i have fiberglass all over me or like an allergic reaction and he was laughing he's like what happened i was like this is what happens when i think i might have to speak in front of groups and he's like really because when you talk to me i'm very confident and i am confident in so many ways but what i found through the course of all these different opportunities i was given was that sometimes I would get stage fright and sometimes I wouldn't. And then that became scary because I didn't know when it was going to happen because I would feel confident going into something and then all of a sudden it would happen. So meanwhile, I'm building my spiritual practice on the side and just doing readings. And then eventually in 2017, I decided to teach my first home circle and I limited it to four people because I was too nervous to speak in front of more people than that. And then spirit brought to my attention the moon and super long story I'm not going to get into, but I had no interest in the moon before. I'm going to say angels started telling me to look into the new moon. And I was like, I know nothing about the new moon. And then I go home and I'm renting my friend's place. It came completely unfurnished, empty. And on my bookshelf is a book about new moon astrology. And so ever since then, I, for two years, I wrote new moon articles for a well-known blog online. And I became immersed in learning about the moon and the moon phases and more specifically the new moon. And then they said, do a new moon circle. I was like, what the heck am I going to do in a new moon circle? And so I kept it very small. It was by invite only. Again, very significant because even though spirit was pushing me to kind of come out and do more for more people. I still did it in a very controlling way where it was blending in the background. So I never advertised I did them. I never told people I did them. I would meet someone and be like, oh, you know, I'm doing this moon circle. If you want to come, it's like $25. And I think the most I ever had, and this is kind of funny, what happened is the one time I opened it up to more people. And I think I had about 17 people there and I got stage fright. I blacked out. I couldn't see the paper that I wrote on. I also had a mother come through with a message that no one claimed, which was also humiliating. And the reason why I don't do drive-by readings, because I was able to bring through this mother and talking about this apology, and then not a single person claimed them. And that's like your worst nightmare as a medium. So just continued on as one does. All these people paid to be here. I did make it through, but I did it with my nervous system completely activated the entire time. And afterwards, three people came up to claim the message from the mother. I was like, it doesn't count. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it was like, it was a really not great experience. After that experience, I stopped doing moon circles, to be honest with you. I was so scared. I was like, well, that can't happen every time. One of my fears is around humiliation. That's a big trigger for me. I don't know why. I think it's something that I was just kind of like born with and came in with because it's just one of the biggest wounds is like around humiliation or people making fun of me. So I stopped doing moon circles altogether because the fear won. And every time I would do anything in a group setting after that, and it was actually my naturopath who reminded me of this last week when I went and got a B12 drip from her. She was like, don't you remember? Because I was telling her about the stage fright experience I had two weeks ago when I'm about to get to. And she's like, don't you remember when you used to do like the home circles and I was in there and you would say, I do get stage fright and I would actually preempt a lot of my classes with that saying like, if you see me kind of like check out for a moment, just like give me a little bit of space and a little bit of time, I will come back because it did happen so much more common back then. 
And, you know, but at the same time, spirit keeps aligning all these opportunities for me to be in groups. And it was like my absolute worst nightmare. So then we fast forward a little bit and, you know, I get really sick at work because I'm really out of alignment there and it becomes a really toxic place for me. There's amazing people there. The mission is amazing. I just so happen to be led by some people who were very toxic, unhealthy people. And if the leader's toxic and unhealthy, everything under it tends to be stained, right? Um, You're only as good as the leadership there. I um, started recording a podcast that same year because I was like, okay, I want to really start making business of this and like make a go of this. Like I have enough demand for my readings. My home circles are really filling up constantly now. And I had so much I wanted to share. So I started recording podcasts because I love podcasts and I was obsessed with them and it just made perfect sense. And back then in like early 2018, the only one that I was really aware of was psychic teachers and I absolutely loved it. But my take on stuff is very different from theirs. And I didn't want to do it from a research base. I wanted to do it from an experience based, like sharing my experiences so other people would feel normal. And so I would start recording podcast episodes, but then every time I would record one, I would delete it because this little voice in my head, which I call the inner mean girl, would say, what are you saying that's different than anyone else, right? Like Tony Stockwell says that, like, why are you saying that? Like, you're not offering anything in the world. And so I would delete these podcast episodes. And then I ended up having my nervous breakdown at work, at a work retreat. And I was taken out of work and readings for months. And I kind of had an effort moment where I just published all the podcast episodes I didn't delete. And that's how Spirit School is born. So podcasting was really one of the first tools and one of the first experiences I had in healing my voice. Now, why did I pick, you know, podcasting over YouTube? Because I can blend into the background. I, you don't see me. I don't see these eyes on me. Looking over the years of stage fright, it's always the eyes looking at me with the blank faces. And I notice that when I actually go to different events and I look back at me as an audience member, I always have a smile on my face. My heart is always actively engaged. I'm always very cognizant and aware of making whoever is presenting or talking feel comfortable or feel like I'm here with you. I see you. I'm engaged. I'm proud of you. Good for you for getting up there. Like, cause I admire that so much. But what I noticed through doing readings with hundreds of people every year is that not everyone has that mindset and that's fine, right? That's the people pleaser in me. That's like, I want you to feel as comfortable so that you can do your best work up there. And that's how I approach everything that I attend. But people don't usually do that and I don't expect them to and I don't ask them to because it is people pleasing. So I have blank faces looking at me and it's just like, whoa, whatever happens in my brain and in my body it's, it, I don't know if it's a trauma response. I don't know what it is, but I don't know anyone who knows what it is. But I will tell you, it's a brain. It's a nervous system. It's an energetic experience for me, and it is absolutely horrible. But as I started doing more podcasting and as I started doing online classes even in 2020, it has subsided and it didn't happen very much. And then I went to go do my first demonstration of mediumship. I was so scared. I had 22 people. I limited it. I mean, I could have sold 100 tickets, 22 seats sold out in like a couple hours. Okay, my first ever demonstration just in Squamish. And I was like, no, I think that that's a cap of what I could feel comfortable with. And it was one of the most magical nights of my life. And I was like, I can't believe I just did that. Like, I don't think people understand. Like when I say this was the most magical night of my life, it's not because like, oh, Danielle, you rocked it. You came up with awesome evidence and everyone left so thrilled and happy. 
it was like I stood up in front of these people knowing that I could have blacked out at any moment and I still did it. And that really built my confidence. And then I did it a month later and I encountered stage fright and I blacked out. And I don't know if people noticed, to be honest with you, I don't know if people noticed, but it was a very hard evening for me. And I had 33 people come to that when I increased it. And again, it sold out in one day. Um, And I had very comfortable and familiar people within there. I purposely didn't wear my glasses so I couldn't see people's eyes on me. And I ended up blacking out. And though I received more feedback from that second night of people saying it was mind blowing and they loved it and et cetera, et cetera. It was worse for me because after I experienced stage fright, my nervous system shot for the rest of the experience, to be honest with you. I, it takes me potentially days to recover from the shock the nervous system gives me when I encounter my stage fright. So I haven't done a demonstration since though, to be honest with you, lockdown happened three weeks after that. So I didn't get another chance to do it. And there, obviously there's still all these restrictions and I don't feel comfortable. So I still haven't done it and I haven't done any online, but maybe I will one day. I don't know. But just to give you another example of where the stage fright comes up. So between March, 2020 and October, 2021, zero encounters with stage fright. I'm sitting here like I have healed. I have healed. (laughs) Thinking like, I don't know what happened. It must just be doing the thing that heals it, right? So fast forward to my birthday, August 26th. I'm sitting in the bath. I'm watching John Edwards on TikTok. If you don't follow him on TikTok, please do. He's amazing. Now, I'll be clear about John Edwards. He's not my favorite medium for his mediumship. His style of mediumship is not one that I absolutely love, but I love him. I love his energy. He's one of the first mediums I ever became aware of when I was 14, and I would never missed an episode of Crossing Over. And I love his confidence. I love his approach. I love his teaching. I love his philosophies around it, though my style of mediumship is very, very, very different. As an example, he'll say, I don't need you in a reading. I don't want somebody to tell me my mom loves me. I know she loves me. I just want the evidence. Whereas like, I love the messages. I want to hear from my Nana that she's proud of me. I want to hear from my Nana that, you know, she's watching over what I'm doing and she sees and she's super interested in it. Like those are the type of readings I like. So I love John Edwards and he's hilarious. And I've seen him do some phenomenal contacts, even on TikTok. He does free readings on there all the time. And so he mentioned on my birthday on TikTok saying, look, just for the people watching this live, email this address. I'll do a special VIP event for you guys, just 30 of you, and we'll do a Q&A or whatever, right? So I was like, yeah. So I emailed the email address and I ended up getting a ticket and it also got a year membership into his membership Evolve. Smoking deal. I was expecting to pay five, six hundred dollars, but it was like one ninety nine or something. I was like, sweet. So I was really excited and I had to wait a while. It wasn't October 24th. And I thought like leading up to it, I was like, there's a good chance I'm going to get an opportunity to ask this guy a question. So I kept racking my brain, like what question would I ask? And when I put it out to my Instagram, it was funny. Everything that came back was like, I would ask them about this, like about themselves. And that didn't even come to my mind to ask something about me. I really wanted to ask like a development question of some kind. So I'm like, I have one of the greats in front of me, you know, 36 year career. I mean, you don't get 36 year career in this industry if you're crap, right? Like he's good and he gets criticized a lot for his mediumship, but it's not just the mediumship, right? That's not what makes up a medium fully. There's a lot more to it. So I planned out my question and I wrote it down and I won't share it or anything like, you know, I, I did a whole IGTV on this. If you guys are interested in the question and the answer that I got, go check out my IGTV on Squamish Medium. 
But the point is, watch two hours of him doing demonstrations. They were awesome. And then he goes into the VIP Q&A, which there's just 30 of us. And I put in, I want to ask a question. And his assistant cat says, okay, we're going to Danielle. What do you think happens? I black out. I black out. All I know is I saw him smiling at me. I remember saying, sorry, I'm just really nervous. And I didn't come back to until he was well into the next person's question. Now it is recorded. I have not seen the replay. I don't know if we have access to the replay. I did take some notes. So again, when I black out, there's something still functioning, but I lost time. I I don't know what happened between hearing my name, Danielle. And then he's well into the next question. He's like, this is for Danielle too. And then I kind of came back too, and I don't know how much time passed. I don't know what was said. I don't know what I said. I don't know what he said. Full body nervous system reaction. My rosacea flared up. I was in hives. Like it happened out of nowhere. A Zoom room of 30 people asking somebody I admire the pants off of a question. So my stage fright did not happen for almost a year and a half. And then it happened. It sucks. I don't know a cure. I have hired different public speaking coaches over the years. I'm currently working with another one right now who's helping me slow down in my talking because I know that I talk really fast. I mentioned that in my readings saying I do record this because I do talk fast. Now, the thing is my talking fast, like right now, I don't know if I'm talking fast. I feel like I'm talking painfully slow, but it's my nerves, right? I get nervous. Like even doing these types of podcasts, like I still get nervous. I get nervous about the judgments. I get nervous about if it's adding any value to your life because I'm taking time out of my day, away from my community, my clients, my family to do this for you for free. You know, I don't monetize my podcast at all. And I I wonder, I'm like, is this helpful? Are they getting something out of this? Because I'm putting a lot into it, you know? And so, yeah, I just... It still comes up for me. But what I will say is that I have this incredibly real fear in my life that continues to show up out of nowhere and I still show up. I don't know what that is in me that still wants to show up despite these limitations. And it's also mind boggling to me that even though I have this real life limitation, it's still not limiting me. I'm still podcasting. I'm still teaching. I teach 10 classes a month, at least hundreds of people at a time, whether they're live or catching the replay. And I still show up knowing that this could happen at any moment. And I really, I was talking to my friend, Amber Malbu Medium about this, about something else somewhat related, but I said, you know, It really is powerful how we can push through our pains for our purpose. And my purpose is bigger than all my pains. And I think that's why I continue to do this work in the way that I do it. And I do believe very much that spirit only gives me enough of an audience that I can actually hold. And so I used to do home circles with, you know, eight people. I now have a community with almost a hundred. So I'm building my confidence and I'm building my capacity to be able to share my voice on bigger platforms, on bigger stages and bigger ways, despite having a real limitation with my stage fright that from what I experience hasn't been cured. (laughs) It can come out of nowhere because I'm worthy of being heard. And so are you. 
And so if you are someone who really resonates with the story and you do tend to blend into the background and be the support person, it doesn't mean that you can't eventually step out in front and be a leader and to be somebody who is seen and heard on a big level. It can happen. And if this story just helps even a couple of people out there with this, then I'm glad that I can share it. So we're going to get on to the second part of this episode, which is Sarah Rose, an interview with her. I love Sarah Rose. She's probably one of my favorite people on the planet. She was a reading client, and then she did my first ever round of the initiation. She's been a founding member in the initiation circle. She's absolutely incredible. She is such a peaceful, beautiful, wise, wise energy. And I ended up in a mentorship session with her where she was talking about you know, I want to share my voice, but I'm nervous. And I've had these opportunities to share my voices and I somehow say no. And, you know, that surprised me because she's such a peaceful, beautiful energy. And I said, okay, well, you know what? There's only one way around this. What do we do? And she's like, well, we just have to do it. I was like, okay, well, we're going to spend the rest of this session then recording a podcast interview and we're going to share your voice with the world. And she was like, okay, well, I guess if I don't like it, then it won't be aired. I was like, no, this is being aired. (laughs) We are airing this bad boy, like this bad boy is being aired. And so we did it on the spot. She did absolutely phenomenal. I'm excited to share her with you. I have tried to convince her. I'm going to be adding a couple of my clients who I know very well, and I know their body of work to be readers under my brand starting in the new year. And she is the first person who made my list. And so I do hope that she will eventually be a reader under the Squamish Medium brand, which you guys can all like book her. She won't be taking any new clients right now until the new year, just so you know, but do go check her out. Her Instagram handle is below. You'll get to hear her beautiful, like peaceful, angelic voice and her soothe medicine. She just shares through the essence of her very being. And I'm excited to share her with you. And I want you to celebrate this woman for doing something that she feared on the spot, knowing full well that it was going to be aired to over 10,000 people that will be listening a month. And I'm celebrating each and every one of you who does something even though you're scared. Even though you're faced with limitations, you pursue it anyways. And I'm celebrating every single one of you who takes those bold and courageous steps forward because you are safe and you are worthy of being heard and you are worthy of being seen. Spirit School listeners, thank you for joining me for another week. I am doing something a little bit different today. I'm really excited to interview one of my Initiation Circle members, Sarah Rose. How are you, Sarah? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on here, Danielle, and letting me do this and pushing me outside of my comfort zone. Yes, absolutely. You're so welcome. And this is actually something I've been considering doing for some time. So this is actually an opportunity for me to kind of take the necessary next steps to a vision I had, which was wanting to share more about the amazing people that come into my world. And you've always been someone, our relationship started some time ago where you did a reading with me, I think like three years ago now, three or two Mm -hmm. years ago, we had a reading together and you came into my world through the initiation, I believe, and then the initiation circle. And so we have actually been experiencing each other for some time. And it has been such a beautiful honor to witness 
you step into your path. And I would love to get to know you a little bit better and share you with the Spirit School listeners to find out how did you get here? What drove you to the healing arts? How do you serve the world? And what are you passionate about? Yeah, for sure. So first of all, it was, I think, almost three years ago, almost exactly, actually, which is kind of ironic. I came to you, I honestly don't even know how I found you, but I just resonated with your energy and I booked a mentorship session with you. I always sort of like trust that the universe will provide whatever you need. And I really wanted to have a reading with you, but there were no readings available. And so I just was like, okay, I'm just going to do this mentorship session. I have no idea what it's going to be like. But then in that first session together, you really sort of just drew out things within me that I had no idea I even had. And then that led to, like you said, the initiation group, the six weeks class that you offer. And then from there, the initiation circle. But before that, I guess, you know, my whole life, I have always been really connected to spirit from a really young age. I felt this deep connection and almost like I knew things within myself that I didn't want to forget. You know, um, I remember going to church. We didn't go to church often, but I remember going to church as a little girl and sitting there and thinking, I don't want to hear what they're saying because I don't want to forget what I already know within me. Yeah. And so then I always was very sensitive. I'd say like, I'm pretty empathic. And I had some psychic experiences when I was growing up. One time when I was in, I think grade seven, I wrote about this one time on my Instagram, I was in class and we were supposed to write in our journals um, every day. And then we would hand it in and the teacher would write back to us. And I remember picking up that my teacher was really unhappy, like as if he was going through something. And I just knew that he was having problems with his wife. I don't know how I knew. I just knew. And so I wrote my journal. This was me, you know, 12 years old, like, dear Mr. Hummel, I'm so sorry that you're, you know, going through a tough time. Is there something going on with your wife? You know, what's going on? And then the next day I got my journal back and he had written like, oh my gosh, I don't know how you knew, but I'm going through a divorce. Like, please don't say this to anybody, but you know, he was really emotional about it. And so there were those little moments for me. And there was other experiences too, that really kind of indicated that I just had something, I didn't have the language for it at the time, but I always just kind of knew things and I didn't know how I knew them, you know? And then I, you know, I did my yoga teacher training. I had a different spiritual teacher for a little while who I I learned Reiki I learned some shamanism. I've traveled a lot. Everywhere I went, I sort of met with different healers and teachers and just picked up bits of information from everywhere that I went. And then honestly, it was though that session with you that really switched me onto the idea that I may have something that I can share with people that I might actually be able to do this as a profession because I never knew how to bring it all together and how to put it into an offering until we started working together. Mm, I love that. And I often say to people when they hop on the development path, because I tend to attract a lot of people who have similar journeys to me, you know, late in life mediums, people who wouldn't pin down, you know, too many mediumistic experiences growing up. But often when you reach the path and you understand how spirit communicates with you, you can look back on your experiences through life with a totally different lens. And you can see how spirit has actually bring, bringing to your awareness for some time that this was laying within you, right? And that's totally what you experienced. And 
I will say one of the things that I, I love about you is you just have a healing energy, right? There's some people who come to serve mediumistically or spiritually in very different ways. For some people, it is bringing through the evidence that life continues through evidential mediumship. And for others, it's being very message heavy to tie up some of those loose ends that uh, being a true voice for the voiceless. And then there's people who just have an incredible healing energy to them. And I know that that's what some people have expressed about my readings. And I see so many similarities in you and just the way that you are present in the world. It's just healing being in your energy. And that's not incredibly common. So how do you currently like to serve? What do you do to serve the public, serve spirit? And like what lights you up with this work? Yeah, well, thank you so much for that, first of all. I do, that's one thing that I do find a lot of the people that I work with. So I do do coaching. I do so what I call soul aligned coaching. Obviously, I offer mediumship readings as well. And I offer soul readings, which is sort of like a psychic reading. I offer chakra readings and energy healing. So basically, I do a lot of different things, but it's basically all everything always comes together. The reason that I I put out all of those different offerings is because I feel that one of those will call to the person. One of those offerings will resonate with someone. And then, you know, but ultimately I sort of tailor the session to what I feel needed in that moment. And typically a little bit of everything comes into every session. So it, it is very similar. All of the sessions, I always tune in to the person's energetic field or the bioenergetic field beforehand. And I see how open and close their chakras are and how the energy is flowing. And then ultimately there's always bits of information that are being stored within your energetic field that then sort of, you know, will sometimes I see it almost like a bit of like a movie clip playing whatever that, and I'll see it as like a denser energy in your field. And then, yeah, so that I always do that beforehand. And then when we meet, no matter what your session is, I always bring up what came through, how your energy is flowing. And then once I get to the fifth chakra, that each one of the chakras sort of coincides the way that I see it with a different level of your energetic field. So, you know, some people say that they have this aura that they see, but I see it in levels of the field. And so when I get to the fifth level of the field, the throat chakra, that's kind of the gateway to the other um, planes of existence. Mm -hmm. And so there's always people who come in, in when I'm in that field. So then, you know, it ultimately turns into like a mediumship reading as well, ultimately, or your guides or your angels, whoever needs to come through with messages. So yeah, so that's typically what I'm doing, how I'm serving right now. Yeah, I love that. And so I imagine because I experienced this as I transition from trying to figure out how I serve and what do I have to offer into putting yourself out there for the public? How was that transition for you? And what did you have to overcome to step fully into mm -hmm. this path? Yeah. So that's a really good question, actually. And when I was kind of explaining my journey at the beginning, I felt, so there were, I had some other experiences as well. As a child, I definitely felt my, my grandmother on my dad's side passed away whenever I was quite young, but I was very, very connected to her. Like I was her quote unquote favorite, you know, even though I was really young and I, I would feel her close to me often, but again, like I didn't just didn't have the language for it. It would lead me to, you know, why did Oma have to pass away? I feel her close to me. Like what's going on? My parents didn't understand, didn't really, you know, they weren't tuned into that. And then I had a couple other experiences and 
later in life, I had an experience where I was getting a facial. This was probably just a few years ago. And the, so I was, you know, my eyes were closed. I was laying there getting a facial and this person's energy was really close to me. And she, I said to her, like, I feel someone really close to me. Do you have a mother in spirit? In my head, I'm thinking like, what am I doing? You know, like I've no, I had never even had a mediumship reading. So I was kind of like, what am I doing? Like I'm completely out of my depth here, but I, I felt this need, like I had to just say it. So I did. And she was, you know, she said, yes, I have a mother in spirit. And so then I said, well, did her name start with an L? Like I'm hearing Lori or Laura or something. And she was like, yes, her name was Laura. And then I just had this overwhelming knowing that there was a message that this woman wanted to get through. And so I shared it with her and, you know, of course the girl was moved and everything. But after that, I was sort of like, okay, what is going on? Like, what, like, what is, what's happening? Like, I need to bring this into some sort of a, like, um, you know, an offering, something that I can share because obviously these things keep coming up for me. Yeah. So I feel like I just kind of got to a place where I felt as though I needed a little bit of help in figuring out how do I bring all of this stuff? You know, like I said, I had my yoga teacher training, like I worked with other spiritual teachers, but I never worked with anyone who made me feel like they wanted to teach me how to take the reins and really become something of a healer or a teacher myself Mm -hmm. until I met you and started working with you. And it was like, okay, I now feel like I have the tools that I can really step into my own power. I have a name for it. And I know what I'm, you know, I like I've had, I've done so many different things like sound healing, shamanism, you know, Reiki, and the list goes on, honestly. But it, ultimately, I think it's called the healing arts because it is an art. We make it mm. our own, right? And we each have these unique gifts to share. So I think that that's why I call it energy healing versus Reiki, When what I do, because it's something that I've taken all these different things that I've learned and I've really made it my own. Mm. I love that. Does that answer and, your question? Yeah. I mean, I would just <laughs> okay. add a follow-up to that around, you know, because a lot of the people who are drawn to listening to my podcast are curious about their own spirituality. And like, if I do have these gifts that kind of unveiled to me, then what do I do? Right. And stepping out Mm -hmm. and offering your gifts and your abilities to the public is a very scary transition. So I'm kind Mm -hmm. of curious about anything that you had to kind of overcome personally, any limiting beliefs, any fears you had to walk through to be able to kind of show up in a public space because you do get bookings and you do very well. And I'm it's incredible to witness from a mentor perspective, I'm like, I want to know personally from my students, did you have to walk a similar path or was it easier for you? I hope it was easier, but I'm just kind of curious. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I wouldn't say it was an easy journey. I don't meet very many healers or people in general who put themselves out there and do something that is a little bit different from the norm who haven't walked, um, you know, sort of a difficult path. Let's be honest. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. you and I both know that. So I grew up in a really small town and my parents, you know, are lovely people, but they're definitely, I would say like my mom's a teacher, my dad's an engineer. They're just sort of, they stay in their lane, you know, um, like they're a group of friends. No one was into spirituality. Like I really was the black sheep in that way. I have a brother who's a little bit older than me and yeah, it was, it's been really difficult because I think that 
when we choose to step into our authenticity, when we choose to walk a path that feels right for us, it's not, you know, typically a well-worn path. And it feels to me very much like as if, yeah, it's been, it's been difficult. You know, I felt like I've had to hide those, those gifts that I've had because there's been a real fear for me of showing up. Like I haven't ever had the fear of being myself, but Mm. the fear has been more showing up. So I, I think in this realm, I've been really withdrawn for sure for a really long time. I've had lots of different jobs. You know, my eclectic resume, I've worked for the Coast Guard doing search and rescue. I've worked like for NGOs doing human rights work. I've been a high school teacher, yoga teacher, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. a lot of different things. I think I've always kind of jumped around trying to figure out where I fit in and wanting to help people. You can see from all the different jobs. But I think that I've always chosen the safer path because it's been something that has a title that people understand and are comfortable with. And so, yeah, I mean, I can tell you a story of of recently, like my brother, who's very, you know, he also is an engineer and like owns a very successful engineering firm in our small town, but very close minded, you know, doesn't like anything that's different. And I've always done things a little bit differently. So like recently he was having a barbecue at his house and I was chatting with him over by the barbecue. And when everyone else was, you know, away, he kind of said to me under his breath, like, what the hell, Sarah? I saw your Instagram account and like, you're talking to dead people now, <laughs> you know? So I de- I'm definitely not super out there. My parents know what I do. My friends know what I do, but it's, you know, it's difficult, you know? Mm. And I, what I said to him was, you know, I've had these experiences throughout my life. I got to a place where I chose to just suspend my own disbelief and to just try it out and to step on the path and just try it out and see what happens. And, you know, I've been doing practice and mediumship readings for the public for about, you know, a year and a half now, maybe two, yeah, about a year and a half. And I said there, I've just had irrefutable evidence that life exists and that there is more healing, in my opinion, through doing this mediumship work than any other modality that I practice. Because of the fact that it, you know, is validation for people that life continues and there's always healing messages that people need to hear that once they get the validation that people truly are with them, like things that there's no way we could know as mediums, that then they bring these messages of healing and sort of like some coaching really for their life path. It's, it's so healing for people. Like I just... Yeah. yeah, I it's worth it, right? It's worth all of the discomfort of other people. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can resonate with that. I remember <laughs> when I quit my job to this full time, my auntie and uncle who were able to retire at like 45 were like, what are you doing? You have a government job. Yeah. And, you know, I'm like, I can't wait to go to Christmas and tell them how well I've been doing. And, you know, it's worth, I think, stepping into that discomfort because it gives a permission slip to other women to yeah feel the fear and do it anyways. And one of the things that came up to me while you were talking is like, as women, we're really plagued with this belief. And I don't know where it comes from. I don't know if we're born with it or if it's something that we were kind of conditioned to, but it's like this balance of being not enough and too much, right? It's like, so true. It's like showing up on social media. It's like, I'm not enough yet. I'm too much. And the truth is 
we're going to be that to different people always. And whether we're hiding in the closet or whether we're out there publicly. And so we have to really be our own cheerleader and just simply say, I am more than enough. Mm -hmm. Good luck finding less, right? (laughs) (laughs) If it bothers you, go have fun finding less. Okay. And I'll just be over here doing me. And, you know, I applaud you for your create your courage. And I do think that, you know, the more we step onto this path, because you are on the path and your business is fem path, quite ironic and unplanned, but we're going to be constantly facing that next level that we continue have to walk through. And my advice to anyone who's listening is you have evidence in your life that you have faced fear and you turned out okay. And even mm-hmm. for some of us who have fears and we get to experience the worst case and realize it's actually not that bad anyways. You know, let that be enough for you to continue plowing through any resistances that you feel come up on this path because it is worth it. And it is how we heal the future generations is being that model and being that inspiration for the little ones that are always watching us that you can do anything. And the barriers and limitations are not ours to carry anymore, right? Yes, it's so true. I think so. And I was telling you earlier about Um, my daughter, you know, asking me about like, Oh, I really want to do this, but I'm super scared. You know? And I was, I said to her, the secret is that everyone is scared. It's just that some people choose to do it while they're scared and other people allow the fear to hold them back. Right. So yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, it's, I still obviously have, we all do. We'll always be on this journey. We have things we still have to overcome, but I think, you know, seeing my daughter, seeing the people out there who are inspired by what you do, who are benefiting from the fact that we're normalizing this conversation, we're normalizing spirituality, we're normalizing the fact that, you know, we are spiritual beings having a human existence. It makes it worth it for me because like my daughter proud gay little girl and she you know it didn't have to have a coming out to me or to my husband because we always her whole life were like do you have any crushes on any any boys or girls you know it's just we were open so I thank the people who came before her who paved the way that she doesn't even have to have a coming out to us because it's just who she is Mm. and she's always known it and she can step into it And I have, you know, friends, and Martha Beck talks about this. She's also gay, but she's also very spiritual. She's like a really well-known life coach. And she talks about the fact that coming out as a spiritual person, well, she calls it a mystic, was actually more difficult than coming out as a gay person because, Mm -hmm. you know, she went to Harvard. She, you know, is from that kind of intellectual community of academics where the idea of being spiritual or mystic is just too Mm -hmm. out there, you know? And so I I really think that we need to normalize this conversation, normalize this type of work, see how beneficial mediumship is for people who are grieving. And I have like so many stories about that, you know? So I think it makes it all worth it. It makes, it makes it worth it to do it scared. Absolutely. And, you know, you bring up a good point about bringing up your child, because one of the things I've had to coach myself through right? Because we are mentors for others, but we're also having to mentor ourselves as I I put on that hat and I put on that perspective. If I have something comes up that is holding me back from living my highest potential, I will talk to myself the same. I'll talk to my seven-year-old daughter. And sometimes that's all it takes. And if we can learn to be our own coach, our own cheerleader in life, there is nothing anyone can say to us that would knock us off our path. 
Yeah. Right. Because so we have true. this little inner guidance system that just says, nope, get back on. This is where you're meant to be. And we don't need mm-hmm. any of that external validation, nor do we need any of the external criticism to dictate who we are, or define us. So I get passionate about talking about these topics. I'm glad that I was able to kind of have you on because I think it's, it's beneficial for people who listen to the podcast because they're all curious about their own spiritual path to hear people at different levels of where they're at. And so I appreciate you sharing your story with us today. And I'm curious to know what's next for Sarah Rose, Fempath. How can people find you and continue to be inspired by you? Thank you so much, Danielle. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for pushing me outside my comfort zone. You're the best at that. Because I was scared. I was scared to do this even. And I'm glad that I did. I'm glad that I pushed through the fear. It's worth it. People can find me on Instagram. It's at fempath. So F-E-M-M-E underscore path. And then through there, they can book through the link in my bio. I'm still working on my website. It will be fempath.com. It's in the process of being built. But like I said, I offer soul readings, mediumship readings, soul aligned coaching and energy healing as well as chakra readings. But chakra readings are kind of, you know, included in all the rest of it. Yeah. And then for what's next, that's a good question. I've been really like being pulled to offer some courses for people who are interested in, in you know, getting more into their own path in spirituality and putting themselves out there. And I'm also in the process of writing a book about my journey to, you know, stepping out of my own spiritual closet and uh, all of the things that have held me back up until the point I'm 44 years old now. So Mm -hmm. I spent a long time, you know, doing other things. Like I think after 40, I finally really stepped into this path as uh, a profession. But before that, I mean, it's been 20 years that I have been having this, you know, conscious spiritual awakening. So Mm. yeah, I love it. Well, thank you. And we'll have all the links in the description below. So you can follow her with ease. And I just want to throw my hands up to you. I threw her into this podcast episode to try to push (laughs) her past her fears. And there's no better way than to just do it, not think about it. And now we get to celebrate together. So have a good one. Thanks for tuning in. Go check out Sarah and her beautiful work. And I'll see you on the next episode. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Spirit School. If you did, please leave me a review and a rating wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you do feel called to share this with your friends, thank you for tagging me on Instagram at Squamish Medium so I can also share. It really helps get the word out about the podcast. If you're interested in working with me in my one-on-one mentorship, a reading, or all the various programs that I run, you can go to squamishmedium.com or check me out on Instagram at squamishmedium. The link in the bio has everything I am currently working on in service to the world of spirit. Have a great day, guys.